Hi, I'm Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. I'm also the podcast host of Invest in Her and an award-winning producer, author, and TEDx speaker. Our show, Invest in Her, features phenomenal female founders and funders. As you know, women receive less than 2% of venture capital funding. Our series is about accelerating the funding of women by connecting them to funding resources. Let's meet today's guest. Today's guest is a four-time founder startup champion, and she hosts Startup Live, which is a very fun and entertaining show, chock full of great advice for startups. I want to welcome to the show the host, Andy Lyons. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hey, Catherine. I am so delighted to be here. And hey, I love that we're switching the tables because I had the delicious experience of interviewing you on the Startup Life Live show. Everyone loved you and learned so much from your founder journey. And now I get to play the role of the guest this time. It's delicious. Thank you. I have to say yours is one of the most fun shows I've been on. It really, it's brilliant the way you Thank do it. You. It's very entertaining and fun. And yet you get a lot of great advice and, you know, bravo, kudos. And I want to mention that we did not color coordinate our tops for those who are watching the show today, but it looks like we did. <laughs> so good. Pink, so and, good. pink and white stripes. We got it going on, right? Right, Andy? <laughs> we sure do. It's lovely. I, I love that serendipitous moment. What? Twinsies. So, so you were just sharing with me, because I, I always like people to get to know the guests a little bit before we delve in. And uh, you had mentioned you were uh, born in Massachusetts and you're there now. So I'm like assuming you've been there all this time. And, you know, growing up there, whatnot. And no, you just shared with me, you've lived and visited like 33 other places. So absolutely. Yeah, how did that happen? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, back in the day, my dad worked for the telephone company. So we moved around New England a lot. Right. And then as an adult, my gosh, I was just always trying something new and living somewhere else. It wasn't enough just to visit. I ended up moving. And, and then when my husband and I had children, oh my gosh, we really screwed them up and moved them five times in nine years. Oh my gosh. So what are some of the highlights of where you've lived? Oh, well, you know, I love living in Charlottesville, Virginia. It yeah. was just so beautiful horse country. And just that's when I really got to know hospitality. Yeah. <gasps> Come on over. I lived in Denver during my Wonder Bread years where I grew in 12 different ways. That's an age thing. I know. Uh, <laughs> but I lived there for about... Unfortunately, I know that Wonder Bread <laughs> thing. <laughs> I grew up with it too. And I, by the way, I also grew up in Virginia, but uh, closer to Washington, D.C. So not out near where you right. were, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it's all beautiful. You know, I was just in D.C. and I forgot really how incredibly beautiful it is. Oh my gosh, those Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah Valley, yeah. Yeah, the home of Thomas Jefferson, Virginia, the shoreline, it's just a gorgeous commonwealth. And then, you know, Denver, my gosh, I, I hiked every 14,000 foot peak. I had a whole, you know, incredible experience there. We lived in Pacific Palisades for two oh. years when we had our .com. Oh my gosh. I put duct tape on my car because I felt these people take their cars way too seriously here. <laughs> well, so that now you just mentioned you had a startup there. So tell us you had four startups. I know that you 
really help other startups, you know, with uh, everything, right. uh, advice on investing and how to grow their company and whatnot. Uh, but you're, and you're working from experience. So you've had four That's right. startups. Tell me a little bit about the startups that you have, because I'm not aware of those. Oh, well, listen, first of all, I just want to tell everybody, hello, my name is Andy. I've been unemployable since 1992. <laughs> I tried to, you know, go and get some gigs in between, but I got fired and really entrepreneurship is where I thrive the best. And so, uh, you know, dabbling in a lot of different areas, but during the dot-com, I joined forces with my husband and we had a phenomenal dot-com college broadcast was the name we provided entertainment content to over 250 campuses and so oh, we I'm were familiar with that yeah I think I was doing some business with that like getting programming on there and oh whatnot. my gosh Kasman, that yeah. would have been ideal so this was a 98 through 2000 and we raised over 8 million and one of my favorite stories is that Bear Stearns, may they rest in peace, were coming in for $14 million. But when you are a founder and you raise capital and you get people on the board, you lose a lot of your voting mm -hmm. capability and you get influenced by other investors who are in. And we ended up turning it down because that was around the end of 1999, mid-1999. And everybody was darn cocky. Yeah. Okay. And why oh, yeah. dilute further? We're going to be fine. Right. Mm -mm, we weren't. Yeah, I remember that. I actually, for a couple minutes, worked with a company called mycity.com and they were just blowing through millions in that dot-com boom when they just had so many millions flowing in. It does seem nowadays, maybe not so much since the, um, since the, uh, change in the financial arena mm -hmm. right now. But in the last few years, a lot of money flowing into venture capital. And right. Uh, well, know, what I learned from a guest I had on uh, recently, Courtney from Recast Capital explained to me the difference between the dot com days versus today, which was in the dot com, you know, founders were just throwing out ideas, doing things. They weren't as buttoned up as they are today. So today you get a lot more training in how to pitch. You really understand your cap table. You're getting trained in governance. You're just, there's a lot of resources between accelerator programs or shows like mine where people teach you those relevant things. You have a great opportunity, Catherine, where folks can learn how to prepare for angel investing or for angel investors. So, you know, people are out there sharing resources and getting you buttoned up. We did not have that back right. then. And I'll tell you, the thing I always bring up is the launch parties were extravagant and we were in Southern California. So they were really hot and amazing. Yes. Yes. In Miami too. That's where I was. Yeah. yeah people don't know the, the amount of money that was flowing into, uh, just like nonsense.coms. Oh. It was oh. crazy. And then most of them were male. So they were getting right, all right. the money, you know, because obviously the females weren't getting that kind of funding, which is, you know, still yeah, the yeah. case, you know, still the case. But yeah. I, I remember I got interviewed by Wired magazine and I said, this culture was founded by young men sleeping on the couch, working 24 seven. That is not family friendly. 
This is ridiculous. This is never going to stay, be, be sustainable. And the other thing I took away from it was the fact that these founders were, again, so cocky, they would get picked up and purchased by a bigger company. And what did they do? They put their stock into the company that purchased them instead of quickly you know, diversifying their portfolio. So one minute they were high on the hog and the next minute they were broke because right. they stayed in, kept the money in the dot-com world. What a disaster. Right. Well, your startup live uh, has a lot of interesting guests like the one you just mentioned right. uh, that bring a lot of information to the table for startups. And of course, your background and having done this four times, oh uh, gosh. you bring a lot of uh, great advice. Um, I had told you I was going to ask you, you know, what would be four or five pieces of advice mm. you would give to our listeners who are either wanting to start a business right now, right. or maybe, you know, level up a business that they've started. Well, let's talk to, let's speak to the ones who are thinking of starting a business. Yeah. When you think of dream team, Catherine, you think about the talent acquisition, who you're going to have on your team. And I'm telling you, the dream team is your attorney. It is your CPA, your accountant. It is your insurance broker and it's your banker. These are the people who protect you and you need to be protected. Do not go on legal Zoom, folks, for anything. I have horror stories of folks who just did, oh, back of the napkin operating agreement, basically with a co-founder who decided to jump out and then they've got 8% of that business for never doing anything. That's just a quick example. You need your attorneys to protect you and everybody. A good bank out there like Silicon Valley Bank, for example, they're gonna give you the support and help give you the training that you need so that when you do grow and you're ready for investment or series A, they're gonna take care of you, make sure you get the introductions. Your accountant is gonna make sure you always look great on paper and that you have your numbers nailed down. And then your insurance broker is gonna make sure you've got all that liability insurance because Although I'm always telling people, you always win when you launch a business, no matter what happens, you don't want to get completely thrown into bankruptcy or in jail. <laughs> so yeah. get that Hello. dream team in place. And right. the other thing to the newbie founder folks who are thinking are on the fence about launching a business, you will win no matter what happens. You may find out it's not for you, entrepreneurship. You're going to get so many skills that are going to level up who you are. You're going to become much more valuable back at a company that can hire you. Or maybe you'll get picked up by a startup. Or if you are feeling the love for entrepreneurship, first business, second business, you know, there's no guarantees. It's always about the possibility. So you start over, but you're going to be coming at a much higher level of awareness and understanding of what to do. Remember the PayPal guy, how many fails did he have? Four fails, big fails, awful fails. And then he launched PayPal. So, you know, it was somebody, uh, I forget which billionaire said this, but he said something like, you know, you can have seven losses and one win. And all anyone will remember is your one win. That's because, right. you know, if it's a unicorn and it's big, that, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember that you had seven losses and they probably did have seven duds before right. they hit it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I want to make sure that whether you're a current founder or thinking about it, be really clear, become more self-aware about what success looks like for you mm -hmm. outside. People are going to say, ah, unless you're a zebra or a unicorn, you're nothing to me, right? No, <laughs> you decide. Are you feeding your family? 
Hey, if you're feeding your family and maybe hiring people in the community or around the world, wonderful. If you're really into global domination, you have what it takes to go all the way like that. Okay. But please don't be comparing yourself to all the other journeys out there. And especially not only, you know, measuring your success and what that means to you as you evolve using your tape, but also do not compare and make sure that you're your loved ones that are around you don't start sending you hate mail because they love you for who you are. And it's so important with entrepreneurs, we get so hyper-focused, we get so energized by our mission and our vision. If you know someone's in our way and they're not part of the solution, they best get out of the way, right? So you got to save time for those in your life and nurture those relationships because the way the memes and mythology works around entrepreneurship, it's like, oh, three years and I'm scaling and everything's great. No, you're often the eight to 10 year overnight success. Yeah, it right. will take time. Right. Don't rush. Don't hurry. I mean, this is why you might want to be careful when you go to raise capital, get angels on board. They care about the mission and vision. They're more holistic in their investments with you. They're in it for you, with you for a while. Whereas you do, if when you go into the venture capital world, your runway is going to get tinier and you're going to feel a lot more pressure for evolving. Again, if you're the person who was like, bring it on, I'm ready to scale to 100 employees and really nail it across the world, then great. Love it, scale, do your whole thing. But I want to caution everyone that we see these examples out there, Catherine, and they're not what most businesses are. You know, a good, strong business can be 1 million, 10 million, 50 million, and that's a darn good run. And it's a great business. Absolutely. Not everybody's meant for venture capital, for sure. I think our goal is just letting people know, A, if you are uh, a company that would be great for venture capital, know what you're getting into and how to get into it. And B, if you are in a position to be a female investor in a venture capital fund, yes. possibly start it by women, since there's more of those now, then by all means, you know, learn that, look into it and become part of that solution because we need more women investors, right? In the venture right. capital world. But venture capital might not be for your company, like you're saying. That's so many right. other options of how to get funding angels and otherwise it's why we did our e-course, Six Ways to Fund Your Business, because you're not limited to venture capital. However, you might be the perfect company that would really thrive in venture capital. So I think it's just a matter of people understanding what the options are, how to access them, and which one is right for them, right? Exactly. And yeah. make sure that you have the people around you who believe in your ability. You know, people can teach you, people can coach you. But it's the folks who believe and just look at you and, you and say, I know you're going to figure that out. Yes. Wow. Yes. That is so I, empowering. right? I Catherine? agree with you. You seem like to me the kind of person would surround yourself with people that are very supportive of what you're doing, right? Absolutely. And it, I know it's hard and family and friends are going to be watching you like it's a train wreck about to happen because entrepreneurship is not for them. You know, they love you. They, of course, want the best for you. But it's like... 
Yeah. You know, you've got it's not for everybody. You know, a lot of people thrive in corporate America, but most people, if they are an entrepreneur, find it hard to be in corporate America. And if you're one of those people and you're like busting at the seams, go start that company. Right. But I loved your advice in the beginning of the show about getting that dream team around you to do it right. You know, there are stories you hear about someone wrote it on a napkin and it all worked out, but they are so far and in between. It's not a good plan. Right. You Um, wouldn't send your kid out and just let him go to any old doctor. You want a good, solid pediatrician saying, you know, with a good track record or a really good vet for your dog, right? Or cat Um, thing. You got to protect your dream. So you got into entrepreneurship because I mean, at the beginning of the show, you were like, I was unemployable. I became an entrepreneur. Was it really that you felt like you uh, didn't want to work in corporate America, couldn't work in corporate America? You just said you just had a desire to start your business. Like what made you decide to become an entrepreneur? Thank you for asking this question, because I grew up in a home where that was just, what? Have your own business? Never. Um, So I had no role models. And frankly, I would just say I was a reluctant entrepreneur, meaning that I was not what investors would like to see, strong founder market fit, all these. I had none of that. Every business I had came out of the blue, it seemed. And then there I was running it and making it happen. I think what I have is that I'm just a super problem solver and implementer and executor. I know how to get stuff done. And so for me, in corporate America, folks, as one of my friends who was just a big HR person, she'd say to me like, Andy, she'd run her finger down my body. We don't hire this. (laughs) (laughs) I go, okay. (laughs) But I think a lot of times it's because, you know, I probably wanted to take charge and rule the world. Um, but so this is how I found to do this and have a certain way of life that worked well for me. And, and I want to say too, you know, I went on and had a food business, which is, I often say, as God is my witness, I'll never do anything with a shelf life again, but you know, you can find some, so much creative ways to bring products to market. So for example, I got certified as a woman owned business through WeBank, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, this gold standard for certifying women-owned businesses. And I got picked up by Aramark, Compass, Sodexo, all the food service companies who let me keep my margin. I didn't have to do all the games at the grocery stores and Whole Foods and everybody makes you play. There's no margin in that. And they just shipped me out everywhere. I was in so many corporate campuses, so many college campuses, hospitals, Dana-Farber Cancer uh, hospital here in Boston would buy it and give it out free to their cancer patients, my wow. product, because it was so good. You know, so I had a great, great five-year run with that business, but things happen. My um, two of my primary products got wiped out agriculturally. And this is, again, people don't talk to you about this, but mother nature can really take you down. Right. And, um, and I thought, well, I'm about to scale into like what I call the, uh, the Kellogg's form of production. I'll make that up. I was raising quarter of a million at that point. And then my manufacturing, the current manufacturing facility I was using got hit by lightning and burned to the ground. Wow. And then I was like, that stopped me in my tracks. And then, no kidding, two days later, my husband came home in the middle of the day. He'd been laid off. We had a nine and a seven-year-old at home. And we were like, oh my gosh. Wow. I, it was just, there. Yeah, could not recover from that. 
just right. completely shut the business down. So I cried for months. I mean, and, right. and so did my customers. <laughs> yeah, like, well, oh. entrepreneurship is certainly not easy, but obviously you did bounce back. You are resilient. And in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be resilient, right? Right. And now you help uh, other entrepreneurs to flourish, right? Absolutely. You know, here in Boston for three years, I ran a monthly pitch event here. So we would have five founders who had 99 seconds to pitch their value prop. We'd grab a couple of angels from the Boston Eco startup ecosystem, and they'd give their feedback. It was just such a wonderful event. And I participate in a lot of accelerator programs so that when COVID hit and being an extrovert who needs to be with people to get her batteries filled again, I thought, okay, I had been a live stream host and a podcast host since 2012, 2013. I said, I'm going to start a show, right? I'm going to continue to try to reach more founders um, that aren't in such heavily resourced areas like we have here in Boston, or like you have in LA or up in San Francisco. And then George Floyd was murdered. And I was part of a group where I was one about 75 people. And I was one of four whites, I think, in the group. And I got just so much deeper understanding of the lack of amplification for diverse founders. And I said, okay, I'm going twice a week. I'm going to amplify diverse founder voices. And this is how I'm going to help. I'm going to try to reach folks, not just in the pockets in America, where they're what support, right? Zero, but also parts of the world that don't have, what, what are investor questions or questions for investors? What are these documents, one pagers and pitch decks? What is the loan to value, LTV, CAC ratio? How do I calculate that? What's customer acquisition? All the things that we figure out here um, and get so much support on, I want to be sort of like an entertaining moment of grabbing these nuggets that you need to think about as a founder. Right, right. So your show, Startup Live, provides all that information. And I think that's great. What a wonderful resource. And you always do it in an entertaining way. Um, so where do people find Startup Live? Okay, so it's Startup Life Live show. And you, you can just, it, wherever you see Andy Lyons, that's where it's going to be. So we're on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, on the podcast as well, um, the Startup Life Live show. Um, and I just want to tell people, we talk about the disasters. I have shared, I, my guests have shared the most horrific things that can happen to a business and how they got on the other side of it. So if you're feeling stuck, this is a great place to come feel less isolated and siloed and see how other people have crawled through and gotten through the other side, even though they thought, gosh, it's done, put a fork in it. They got over <laughs> it. I love it. It is Startup Life Live. It's a fun show. It's an engaging show. It's a show filled with wonderful content and advice. Thank you for doing the show. Um, and thank you for being our guest here today. Thank you. And women, keep asking for that money. You can do it. It's out there for you. Absolutely. You can find um, Andy Lyons, that's A-N-D-E and then L-Y-O-N-S for those just listening in on LinkedIn or on the other social media. You can, of course, find me, Catherine Gray, uh, invest in her or she angel investors on all of the Facebook, Twitter and um, Instagram as well. Please reach out to us. We're here to help you. That's why we do these shows to provide you financial resources and how to connect. 
And uh, if I could bottle up Andy's uh, energy and positivity, I would, and I would sell it. We would sell it. <laughs> well, you, you laugh Andy. yourself to keep from crying, right? It's, it's yeah. a great journey. Thank you so much for being on. Everybody make it a great week. Remember to invest in her, invest in another woman. We're here to support each other. Make it a great day. Remember, if you're looking to launch a business or grow your business, check out our e-course, Six Ways to Fund Your Business, available at SheAngelInvestors.com.